Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Elizabeth April, also known as EA, is a gifted thought leader of many titles. From clairvoyant, truth seeker, expert past life regressionist, intuitive psychic, quantum teacher, paradigm shifter, and best-selling author, EA is a badass millennial influencer breaking the mold as she opens many people's minds to a new way of thinking. Above all, her ongoing mission is to help humanity awaken by expanding their mind to the infinite possibilities the universe has to offer. Last year, she published her first book, You're Not Dying, You're Just Waking Up, a guide on the soul's revival and the reminder of its power, which immediately became an Amazon bestseller. Welcome, EA. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. So there's so many ways you can support the podcast and the work that I'm doing. One, you can spread the word. This podcast has grown completely organically. It is all because of you all sharing the podcast. And we are coming up on a million downloads, which is amazing. Other ways that you can support the podcast is through Patreon. So if you would like to become a patron, you can go to Patreon, put in Dr. Amy Robbins. You can find different tiers to support the podcast at the five, 10 or $20 level or any other denomination. And my $20 supporters do get once quarterly Zoom calls with me. They've been fabulous. If you benefit from the podcast, if your life has shifted or changed as a result of the podcast, please help me continue to help you have on these great guests. Also follow me on Instagram, Dr. Amy Robbins. I love hearing from my listeners. And lastly, rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you all for all of your support, for all of your love, for all of your helping to collectively raise the consciousness of this planet. I am so incredibly grateful. So let's start by hearing a bit about your journey, your story, and kind of how it has unfolded. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm 29 now, almost 30. And in this lifetime, I was born with uh, what a lot call extrasensory abilities. I believe a lot of kids, um, if not most kids, have these kind of abilities. They're basically being able to see, being able to feel uh, beyond just the five senses. Um, so I was, you know, talking to ghosts and spirits and uh, imaginary friends at a young age. I was able to see um, auras from other people, uh, even hear thoughts from other people, pick up on energies and emotions. Um, it was really difficult for me to go out in public a lot of the times. There was a lot of anxiety um, around feeling everyone's energy um, in those kind of situations. And so then, you know, I definitely grew up as the weird kid in elementary school, um, and I, it, it took a lot for me to fit in. It took a lot for me to kind of just feel normal. So at around the age of 10 years old, I made a very clear conscious decision that uh, I don't really want to be weird anymore, and I want to have friends. So I actually took a look around, and I said, who are the popular kids, and what are they doing? And they were all into sports. So I'm like, that's what I have to do. I have to go into sports. So talk about going from the extreme metaphysical world into the very physical world and making that huge switch 
And that's what I did, you know, and, and by going into that physical reality, I shut off all of my non-physical gifts and connections and I got exactly what I wanted. I got a lot of friends and I was fitting in and, and, and it was pretty normal for me at that time. Um, but around the age of like 13, 14, 15, I started to really question this reality and I started to become very disconnected and unhappy with with the reality that was presented to me I started to ask these questions of you know who are we really like what are we doing here what is the the purpose of all of this and I remember I sought all of these answers from authority figures at least the authority figures that I thought were authority figures I went to counselors and therapists and psychologists I went to um, you know teachers in my uh, elementary school and then my high school I even sat a priest down because I was raised Catholic and I said all right you're a priest right like you you commune with God tell me what what's going on here you know who are we really like what are we doing here what's the point what's the purpose and every single time I was just met with blank stares and disappointing answers. Mm -hmm. And I was just really, um, I was just so unhappy with, with the, the, the reality that, you know, you go to school, you go to more school, you get into some debt, uh, and then you get married, you pop out some babies, uh, you work a nine to five until you die. And that's it, you know, and, and that was like, those sound worst. pretty miserable when you, <laughs> when you lay it out like that, you know, really, like, it was like, in my mind, the worst case scenario, right, the worst possibility, and everyone was super happy with that. Everyone seemed very content around me with that as a possibility. So at 16, through a lot of anxiety and depression, uh, it was my dad actually who recommended a past life regression. And oddly enough, even though he's the one who was Catholic in the family and an engineer, he also studied past life regression in university. And uh, he was into Dolores Cannon and Brian Weiss and, and you know, and I'm really involved. I had no idea. So at 16, he took me into about five lifetimes through a deep trance-like state. And in each of these lifetimes, I was some sort of either a shaman or a philosopher or just a channeler, someone who was able to gain access to realms beyond this one, gain access to information, uh, the information that I was really asking for. And through those lifetimes, I was also enslaved. I was persecuted for having that information as well. Um, but that was it for me. You know, at 16, I, I knew it. That's exactly what I'm here to do in this lifetime, to once again step into that role. I didn't know how. I didn't know to what capacity. But I knew that that was my mission. And that regression taught me two things. One, that reincarnation is absolutely real. Thank God I wasn't just the 16-year-old that I saw in the mirror. That was like the huge, the biggest reprieve of my life right there. And number two, that time is actually simultaneous, that, that it's an illusion, that time doesn't actually work in this linear way. It works in a very different way. I mean, for me to explore five entire lifetimes in an hour and a half at the age of 16, like just so mind-blowing. So what I did was I ended up taking my dad's past life regression book and I copied all of his notes his regression techniques into my own notebook and two years later when I went away to university uh, that's how I made friends <laughs> I would go to different kids in my university classes and I'd say hey do you believe in reincarnation do you want to see something cool and I'd put them into a regression and we'd explore their past lives which was probably so um, not great of me to do because I was so untrained at the time 
Um, and then, yeah, shortly thereafter, I started to realize that not everyone was able to be regressed. So I asked myself, is it possible for me to put myself into a trance-like state to go into a deep state of uh, hypnosis or regression myself and essentially tap into their Akashic records, their past lifetimes? And it's kind of like this new updated version. And I was able to do that. And I was able to open up someone's entire Akashic records to see what was going on for them back then. Um, and then, you know, shortly thereafter, I ended up getting abducted um, by interdimensional beings, which is like a whole other thing. I'm really and... curious about that. But finish this and we'll, we'll go back to that. Yeah, yeah. And so... That that was another huge kind of like a second awakening for me at 18. Um, the first one was the past life regressions. The second one was the abduction. And uh, after the abduction, after kind of having a firsthand um, account or experience with beings from other dimensions, I started to explore that. I mean, can we go into past lifetimes off this planet? And what does that look like? And what lessons do we learn in these other dimensions, in these other bodies, um, which was really fascinating for me. And so since then, I've been exploring, um, you know, an organization called the Galactic Federation um, and their involvement with planet Earth and, you know, who we are and, the you know, the hybridization project and, and what is that missing link in our genetic evolution um along with past life regression and spirits and the afterlife and you know mediumship came back to me I mean all of those things so it's been quite a journey um and it's been about you know a decade since that grand awakening or that grand reawakening um at 18 and uh yeah and so I you know I always say take everything with a grain of salt if it resonates with you it's for you if not that's okay too <laughs> So, okay, so you had sort of maybe, I don't even know if I'd call it a more traditional awakening, but certainly when those people, I always say like Brian Weiss is like the gateway drug to mm -hmm. spirituality, right? I think he in so many ways opened so many people up because he was so grounded in traditional um, psychiatry, frankly. I mean, that he was a psychiatrist, yeah. but you you start to kind of explore past lives on this planet right because that was all connected to would you say that's like like third dimensional reality oh yeah for sure yep and then what happens that you start to connect with other beings in other dimensions and can you describe a bit what those beings are mm -hmm. what those different dimensions are how that works we've talked to, I've talked a little bit on this show about that but I always like to hear different people's perspectives on it Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, one of the lives that I was experiencing at the time when I started to kind of put myself into the trance-like state was a lifetime where I was a yogi in Burma and uh, I was able to do some pretty wild things like levitate and, and all of that cool stuff. And so the practice that I experienced in that past life was something called Vipassana. Uh, and I ended up finding a Vipassana center about two hours away from my university at the time. So I'm like, oh my goodness, I can re-experience this lifetime and do this 10 day silent meditation retreat. I'm gonna go ahead and do this. And it was great because I was like dirt broke at the time and, and you know, it was donation based, right? So, um, so I went away to the 10 day meditation retreat. And on the second night of, of this retreat, that's when I ended up getting abducted by these 
these beings who like it was so conscious for me they came into my room um it, it feels like they paralyzed me i wasn't able to to speak i wasn't able to move but i my eyes were open and i was like fully conscious consciously aware um overall it was a very short experience a very fear-based experience i had no idea what was going on i had never even thought about aliens before that point so it was all very new to me um how do and, you define abduction and how do you define aliens Okay, so abduction would be like um, the physical removal of, I guess, Earth um, up to a spaceship. So that's what it was, is that, like they okay. physically took me from my room in the meditation center um, and took me up to their spaceship. What a perfect uh, place and time to abduct someone on a silent meditation retreat where I can't tell anyone about this experience as well. I just always laugh at that. Um, and then aliens, uh, interdimensionals, extraterrestrials, I kind of interchange those, those titles, um, basically beings who originate from off planet. And, and so they could look very human. They can come from very earthly type planets. They can come from just spaceships and Petri dishes as well. So it's, there's a huge wide variety of, of species that are out there in the universe. Um, and, and ones that I've definitely interacted with. And so I'll give you like a brief little overview of the dimensions and how it all works in like the, the the quickest nutshell that I can. Okay. From what I've channeled and what I've experienced, um, and, and I do want to say that I don't read any books, I don't do any external research on any of this stuff, um, purely just to keep this information uh, as pure as possible. I'm already dealing with my own ego. I don't need to deal with anyone else's translation in a sense. So from what I believe, um, there are 12 dimensions out there in the universe. A dimension is just uh, a frequency. So I kind of akin dimensions to a radio station. So we're on like, you know, 95.5 right now, right? And you turn up that radio station to 105.5 and all of a sudden you're in a different dimension. Every once in a while, the radio stations, depending on where you're at and your signal, they can cross over. And this is what we're experiencing right now is we're raising our frequency and we have a couple of different dimensions crossing over, which is really cool. Um, so, so we're on the third dimension frequency, which is quite a low dimension. It's quite dense. If you think about 12 dimensions in the universe, we're quite down there. Uh, and then uh, from what I've understood, uh, pure source energy, God, you know, the universe, whatever you want to call it, but there's like a, a consciousness out there. And that consciousness chose to incarnate itself into all of these different dimensions. And the reason why source chose to do this is to to learn to experience to um to understand polarity to understand the push and pull to understand challenges to grow to move forward if you have everything all the time life gets a little bit boring there's really no movement there's no growth and that's why source decided to do that and so in a very linear way uh, the way that you can think about the journey of a soul through the dimensions is you start from dimension one, you learn the thousand lessons that there are to learn in dimension one based on the organism that you are in that dimension. And then you move on to dimension two and you learn the thousand, two thousand lessons in dimension two and you move on and on and on all the way to the 12th dimension. And the higher the dimension that you are, the more knowledge, the less physical, the less dense you become, more knowledge you have and therefore the closer to source you are. And, uh, and, and then I had a question way back in the day of, 
what happens when you graduate dimension 12 what happens when you basically go through this entire universe you've had millions if not billions of lifetimes and experiences you've learned everything there is to learn what's what's the end goal where are we actually going to and from from what i've channeled uh, there's a choice that we get to make as a soul we either get to uh, upon graduating the 12 dimensions we either get to go back to source and rejoin the oneness that is this universe or we get to choose to break away from this source and essentially create our own universe, uh, which is really cool. We do live in a multiverse sort of uh, dimensional reality, and there are many universes out there. And so then you get to become your own source and say, what do I want to do with this knowledge and power? And, and most likely you're going to want to divide yourself up and have multiple different experiences as well. Okay. This is mind blowing. <laughs> okay. So, so, if you are first dimensional energy, what does that look like? Because if it's, if it's, I know that we think about um, other dimensions, aliens, things like that, but what do lower dimensions look like than us? Mm, like, like, a, like a simple forms. Let's, let's call it that. Right. So I, I don't know if we would ever really understand uh, the first and second dimension as like uh, conscious beings, um, I guess the the best way I could put it is like um, a single cell organism on this planet would be kind of like a a first or second dimension. You know, like uh, even if you think about a plant or an animal on this planet, I believe that those things are third dimensional. Uh, beings. So what's really beautiful is as a soul, we get to incarnate as a tree in one lifetime or a cat in another lifetime, which a lot of people don't really maybe believe or understand. Um, but, but there's many experiences that we can have a variety of different kind of intelligence levels that we can experience even just within one dimension, let alone all of the other dimensions that are out there. So when you die, do you um where where do you where have you learned that the soul goes because it doesn't mm -hmm. go right back to source right or smited no. or yeah yeah so I've done a lot of mediumship work a lot of crossing over of souls and even dark dark energies um here here's what I believe so when someone passes away right and they leave their physical body uh there's the choice that they they make uh one half of that choice is uh do I have unresolved energy? Do I not believe that I'm dead yet? Uh, you know, sometimes if their death was very sudden um, or even very traumatic, or if they just harbor and hold a lot of emotional energy, some people who are very religious and who don't really fully understand things as well, um, sometimes they get stuck in this weird liminal realm, you know, in purgatory in a sense. Um, and that's where I kind of can come in and help these people cross over. I open up a white light portal, all of their friends and family are there. It's very similar to like the um, near death experiences, you know, that you go, there's a tunnel and there's spirit guides and friends and family, and it's all very much like that. Um, so that's kind of one half of, of where someone can go if they're really struggling with death itself. A lot of spirits I meet who are stuck there don't even know that they're dead yet, um, which is a really interesting experience. And then when you cross them over, when you step into the light, uh, it, you know, you could imagine it being like a heaven type place. Um, it is, um, it's also like a holding place. Um, and I believe that all souls go to a very similar place in other dimensions as well. They all kind of go to the 
this place. And this place is where, like I said, your friends, family, anyone who's passed who loves you, but also spirit guides, past life, uh, friends and family are there. Uh, your guardian angel is there. And you do a life review. You know, uh, what did I learn in this life? Where did I go? What did I experience? What kind of maybe regrets do I have? What didn't I learn? What challenges did I face? And in that space, you also get to set up where you're going in your next life and all of your own contracts. And I didn't learn this, so maybe I can learn this, or I created this karma and maybe I can clear it in the next lifetime. Um, and some, some souls stay in that place of just kind of chilling in that, that heaven vibration for uh, many generations, uh, many millions of years sometimes, right? What is time? Um, and sometimes they reincarnate almost immediately if the work that they had to do here wasn't exactly complete. Okay. So, and then what are these other dimensions, like fourth, fifth, sixth? Is source 12th? Is that considered? Uh, source doesn't have a dimension. Like you could imagine a dimension okay. as a container for an incarnated soul. Source is not an incarnated oh. soul. It doesn't necessarily need a container. Okay. Okay. So like in, in the third dimension, the body is the container of the soul. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> That's a great way of explaining it. In the fourth dimension, what is the container of the soul? Uh, also other bodies, you know, just like human uh, beings have this third dimensional body, there are many other bodies in many other dimensions and some look very human. Like I've met Pleiadian bodies um, who are in the seventh dimension, eighth dimension. And, and the way that I can best describe it is um, a lot of the times they don't have to eat food. Why? Because they're not dense beings. They don't need to be feeding the body. It's the emphasis in those frequencies is more on the energy body rather than the physical body, right? Like a lot of high vibrational souls stepping into these very dense third dimension bodies are like, wow, being human is high maintenance. We got to eat all the time. We got to poop all the time. We got to drink water all the time. We got to sleep all the time. We, we spend 50% of this entire experience sleeping which is crazy. Those mm. higher dimensional beings don't have to do those things. Hi, everybody. I have a new offering that a few of you have taken advantage of so far, and it is a spiritual consultation. So, so many of you had reached out to me with like questions or wanting to know how to open up more, wanting to know, you know, what you should do in this area of your life or that area of your life that I thought I would just try to offer a new way to connect with me. So these are spiritual consultations. They can be 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. And in that time, we talk about kind of what questions you have, whether it's about opening up more spiritually, whether it's about something in your life. And we really kind of come to an understanding and a conclusion about what the next steps you need to take to achieve that are. Again, this is new to me. I've done a few of them. They are phenomenal. I am so enjoying them. It is not a therapy session be clear. It is not a therapy session. It is not a medium reading. It is somewhere in between. So it is using, we, we incorporate meditation and intuition and um, manifestation and intention and all of this in like a very brief period of time, but it has been extremely powerful. And the people that I, I believe that have done it have walked away feeling like they really had something tangible that they could carry with them and um, help them move their life forward. So if this is something you're interested in, 
please reach out to me. I don't have a lot of um, spots for them. So I'm only doing maybe one or two a month, but um, really keeping a wait list for those who are interested. So you can find that on my website if you want to dramyrobbins.com and you can go on there and click on spiritual consultation and I will get you scheduled. It might be a month or two out, but I am I'm trying to get everybody who's interested in. So go ahead and check that out. If you have any questions, just email me about it through the website as well. So what do they look like when you've seen them? What is that? Like when you were abducted, you mm-hmm. got pulled out of your room into this yep. ship. Yep. Were you still, was your physical body still in the room? Uh, nope. Uh, my physical body was up on the ship. Um, with you? With me, yeah. Okay. Yep. So what you are what you just referenced is like called astral traveling or remote viewing, which is your soul leaves your body and you can also go places in a very mm-hmm. conscious manner. And I do that now all the time. Like that's kind of my main method of connecting to interdimensionals is in my energy body because um, it takes a lot less, less work, basically a lot less right. energy. Um, but those beings in particular back then, I, I label them as tall whites. It's, it's a super generic name, but they were about seven feet tall. Um, they had a humanoid form, which is two legs, two arms, a head. Um, I believe they had three or four fingers, very skinny, very like scraggly. Um, they did have hair. It was white, but it was also very like scraggly. Um, and there, I just remember their skin being so like, not just white, but like pale and almost paper thin. Like it almost looked like it was translucent or transparent. It was like that. Mm-hmm. They just weren't very to, I guess to our standards, very pretty looking beings is, is kind of a scary experience overall. Um, and, and they, it seemed like they didn't really care about my part of the experience because there was no telepathy there was no calming me down there was no good vibes with that whereas a lot of my pretty much every other experience i've had with interdimensional beings has been very loving has been very graceful has been very um incorporating on how i'm doing in the moment um not just kind of where they're at or what they need and and each each dimension these these beings look different and that's what lets you know they're of a different dimension? Um, That's a good question. So a good example of this is there are angels. So angelic beings, I do believe that they're interdimensionals. Um, There are angelic beings in the seventh dimension and angelic beings in the 11th dimension. Uh, For me, when I see them visually, I do, I can tell a difference uh, between them. Like one of them, the 11th dimension is just more etheric. Like they're almost, it almost looks like they are in an astral body, but that is their so-called physical body. Um, and, And for example, they don't need a spaceship or a container to travel in to actually go places. They just travel freely um, because they, they're not affected by say the vacuum of space and other things like that. Whereas a seventh dimensional angel um, is affected by those things and does have to travel in some sort of craft, even if it's an etheric craft. Um, so mm. sometimes you'll get different beings looking quite similar because the, the angelic uh, beings, seventh and 11th, they look very similar. Um, the 11th are actually quite a bit bigger though, um, about six or seven feet tall, whereas the seventh dimensional angels are quite tiny. They're, you know, around five feet tall. I can tell that just because I've experienced them quite a bit. Um, but there isn't like 
the 11th, all the 11th dimensional beings look like this. There's, there's nothing mm -hmm. like that. Like, even when we look at the third dimensional planet Earth, we've got jaguars, we've got plants, we've got, I mean, they're all considered third dimensional incarnated souls. And we all look quite a bit differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so can you talk a bit about the Galactic Federation of Light? Because this is a fascinating topic that there are I was actually interestingly just in a at a business event and the Galactic Federation of Light came up, which I thought was fascinating oh. that these worlds are sort of starting to, you know, the everybody says the veil is thinning, consciousness yes. is shifting. Um, how does it work, this Galactic Federation? I mean, there there are people very high up in military positions that seem to know about this, mm -hmm. but yes. yet we don't many many of us commoners i guess for lack of a better term yeah absolutely so uh if you think about the universe okay as a whole and you think about all of these 12 different dimensions and all of the almost infinite inconceivable amount of species within all of these different dimensions if everyone was kind of just left to their own devices the entire universe would be an all-out chaos and so this is where the Galactic Federation of Light comes in. They are like, I always kind of liken them to they're a government organization, you know, a global government or organization, a universal government organization um, who really just abide by the laws of the universe. They don't make up their own laws and regulations. They simply abide by the universal laws. OK, and one of the greatest examples of the of a universal law is the law of non intervention, which basically states that no one being or civilization can take the free will away from another being or civilization. It just goes against the laws of the universe. And so um, to that effect, if there is a being or a civilization or a species that's trying to interject themselves, manipulate, take resources or what have you of someone else, an individual or collective, the Galactic Federation will step in and say, whoa, 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 you know the laws of the universe, this goes against them, this is not okay, and they're kind of that strong arm um, of the universe to keep order, to keep law and order. So they try and get as many species um, to connect with the Galactic Federation to be allies of the GFL as possible because um, any species out there or individual out there who's like, I believe in unity for all, I believe that we can all coexist um, together as one, it's not just one or the other, it's, it's together, then you can join the Galactic Federation. You just have to really believe in that oneness or that unity because that's kind of the 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 main um, focus or goal of the Galactic Federation is that is that oneness is let's all just kind of get together uh, and and, uh, you know, in harmony. So are these what dimensional beings are it are are is the Galactic Federation from all like all dimensions like they cover all dimensions. Um, OK, yeah. So, so it's like a council almost oh yeah and there are uh like there are millions of councils that are a part of the galactic federation and there's different like i don't know if you would call it like groupings but say the milky way galaxy has its own kind of galactic federation's headquarters our solar system in and of itself has its own galactic federation mothership and headquarters 
And when you go on to a ship like this, it's so diverse. It's so multicultural, you could say. There are so many different beings of different sizes, of different looks, of different um, vibrations, of different, um, you know, perspectives, uh, abilities. It's, it's really, it's quite an experience to, to be on a ship like that. I'm just processing all of this. <laughs> because it's so hard to wrap your mind around from the third dimension. Totally. Yep. Yep. Okay. So you are on the ship. What is the Galactic Federation? How are they understanding what is happening now on, at, on a third dimensional level? Is that, mm -hmm. is that how you would even ask that question? Yeah. I don't know like, if I'm asking the questions the right way. Yeah. So like the, the main reason why I communicate with the, the Galactic Federation these days is to give as much information to humanity as possible like that. I mean, that's really the sole purpose is what the hell is going on on planet Earth? Like, please give us your perspective because yeah. I don't know, you know, and, and it's funny because like, you know, I have the ability to connect with them um, in a clairvoyant way, but I also have my own reactions and human and emotions. And sometimes I get mad at them. Like, come on, can't you just intervene? Like, why are you letting this happen? Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've got my own reactions there. Um, like, like, for example, in my last Galactic Federation summit, so I have this kind of Galactic Federation meeting or summit, and I do it live on on zoom every month. And on my last one, everyone wanted to know about the kind of the gun violence that's happening in, in America. And uh, the, the answer was so fascinating, but I didn't, I had so much reaction at first, I kind of pushed back on them, which is fine, you know, that we do this, right, we have to question and be critical of everything and everyone. Um, so overall, what the hell is happening on planet Earth? Essentially, they keep giving me and humanity or, or my community the message that we are shifting vibrations, we are changing densities, we are moving into a higher plane of existence. And in order for that to happen, the old dimension, the old density, it needs to collapse because it's been created to feed that 1%. Um, it's been created to really kind of dehumanize um, the rest of us on planet Earth. And, uh, and it, it hasn't been beneficial. It hasn't been equal. It hasn't been unifying uh, for, for, for humanity. So they told me back in 2018, I did a video back then, that uh, the timeline that they gave me was between 2020 and 2024 was going to be the absolute collapse of the third dimension reality. And then we're entering into more of a fourth dimension, more of a fifth dimension vibration on planet Earth. Um, and it gets way more complex than that. But, but essentially, we're raising that frequency. We're raising our vibration. And, and therefore, we were becoming more unified in that way. And so I told everyone this back in 2018 when they told me. And I was like, yeah, 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 sure, 2020, whatever. Everything's going to be the same. And to be honest, when everything went down in 2020, I was excited. I was like the first person to be like, yes, it's actually happening. Like, here we are. Everyone in the entire world is being affected. And during the time of quarantine, at least, everyone is being forced to get away from their reality, get away from their nine to five, and actually start questioning what the hell is happening. And through that questioning, we start to open our mind and raise our frequency. And so um, 
uh, you know, here we are, 2022. We are literally in the middle of the transition. So as much as I want to tell you, it's going to get better. Things, I believe, are going to get a little bit worse uh, before they do get better. And I, I truly believe that around 2025 is where we're going to see clean energy technology. We're going to see solutions for plastic. We're going to see, um, you know, just solutions coming through. Yes, there has been free energy technology. Yes, there has been these, these solutions. Uh, cancer curing technologies. I mean, for many years, but the powers that be who are still unfortunately in control have been suppressing those solutions because they want to maintain that control because essentially they want to maintain the, the third dimension density. They want to continue to be on top. They want to have the power. And so that may mean a financial collapse. That may mean, um, you know, food shortages and those kind of things that we have played around with a little bit in the past couple of years years. Um, but we, we have to continue to break everything down in order to bring through these solutions that are beneficial to everyone, not just that one, one uh, percent. And so all of this is being, would you say controlled by the Galactic Federation or um, their, their job is to help raise the consciousness. And this is one way of doing that is to break everything down. So people start to see what is actually a different reality? Yeah, that's a good question. So I don't think, um, what I would say is the Galactic Federation isn't actually in control of this, all right? It's almost like the natural progression of humanity is that everything that is not working in the higher frequency, in the unified frequency, is breaking down naturally. This is actually mm -hmm. all happening naturally. The more that humanity questions, the faster we raise that vibration. The only way the Galactic Federation is intervening or helping us, and they've tried many different ways to help us, but the main uh, thing that they're doing and they've been doing for quite some time is, uh, it's going to sound maybe a little bit weird to some of your viewers, um, but they have been choosing, they have, they're called the volunteers, they have been volunteering to incarnate into human bodies to help humanity from the ground level. Okay, boots on the ground. Um, some people call them old souls. Some people call them star seeds. Some people call them volunteers. Um, I kind of interchange all of those titles. And I do believe that we have probably a lot more than we realize of these Galactic Federation volunteers. And there might be some people listening to this episode in particular, maybe they're in tears, maybe for the first time in their entire lives, they feel heard, they feel seen, they feel validated. And most likely they are one of these Galactic Federation volunteers. And there's many other kind of symptoms that go along with these star seeds, you know, feeling like uh, this is not their home, feeling like they've always been the black sheep in their family, feeling like they're different, feeling like they think differently, feeling like they're not happy with the norm that everyone else is happy with, feeling like they have a mission on this planet, but they have no idea what that mission is. Those are all really clear symptoms that someone is here uh, from the Galactic Federation and they've forgotten it because a lot of us have come here a long time ago and through many, many pretty corrupt lifetimes, uh, we've, we've lost our way. You know, we've forgotten who we truly are. Wow. I feel like I don't want to let you go even though it's almost time to wrap up because I want to ask so many more questions about all of this. Yeah. Um, so I'm just looking at in, in your book, um, these other 
these other dimensions. So you explain the angelic dimension. You explain the Palladians. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you explain the reptilians and the gray and the Anukis? Anunnaki? Anunnaki. So those aren't necessarily dimensions. Those are uh, beings who are kind of mostly interacting with humanity and planet Earth. So they all kind of all have different uh, agendas. They're all here for different reasons. There are some really high vibrational good ones that are helping us out, like the angels and the Pleiadians. Um, and then there are some not so great ones who are very selfish and here for their own reasons, which are more so the reptilians. Uh, not saying that they're all bad or all good. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, what I kind of deep dive in the book is, if you are a star seed, if you are connected to one of these different beings or species, then you may look a certain way, you may act a certain way, you may have emotions in a certain way. Um, so there's actually certain things that that you can dive into to tell what species you're connected to and, and essentially what your mission may be. So I go into the different beings, I go into the different maybe soul missions you might have on planet Earth to help reawaken people. And that's what the book is really all about is to go through the different stages of awakening to say you're not dying you're just waking up you're not crazy you're just a star seed um, and I kind of lay it all out for people in that way in a very easily digestible way as well wow okay can we do, this is this is mind-blowing stuff <laughs> um can we do a quick um speed round yeah let's do okay. it okay okay um All right. Spirituality means? Uh, Love. Mm. What is something most people don't know about you? That I'm actually just really human. (laughs) What is one thing you are looking forward to right now? Uh, The rain. What is one thing you are grateful for right now? Every little piece of my life. What book is on your nightstand? Um, I don't actually have one. <laughs> what is your favorite spiritual or healing practice? Mm, presence. What was the most transformative experience of your life? Uh, probably the past life regression at 16. How do you connect with these other? This isn't a speed round question. I'm just as yeah. we're, we were talking. What do you do to to be able to connect in this way with these other other beings? It took me quite some time uh, through the practice of trance-like state, through the practice of, of a deep state of meditation, which means that, you know, if your back hurts, if you're hungry, if it's cold in the room, you have to separate the sensation of your body, of your physical reality uh, from your mind. And, and when you can do that, when you can overcome sensation, when you can get into a place of, of equanimity, you know, uh, being equanimous or equanimity, uh, which is you're observing everything without reaction. I mean, that's the place where all of the information in the entire universe opens up. And, and I just want to make mention that everything that I can do, everything that I know, everything that I can tap into, it's not unique. It's not special. Um, I believe everyone can do these things. I believe everyone is psychic. I believe everyone has these capacities and, and we're all just waking up to it. So um, I'm so thrilled and honored to, to be leading people back into themselves, into this awareness of how powerful they really are. Mm. 
If people want to know more about you and what you're teaching and talking about or these Zooms where you're connecting to the Galactic Federation of Light, can you tell us where we can do that? Yeah, absolutely. Just my website, elizabethapril.com. I have an incredible membership uh, site, actually, where starseeds from all over the planet connect with each other. And and that's where I have all of my events um, on that platform as well. And then YouTube and Instagram for a ton of really incredible free information. And then uh, you can go over to Amazon for my audio book or my actual physical book is on there as well. Just by typing in my name, Elizabeth April, it'll pop up. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. This was this was mind blowing. I love. I'm I'm always so fascinated to talk about these this topic because I think one to hear from multiple people similar, um, like a similar story, a similar thread. I think really validates it, uh, and it's just so fascinating. Absolutely, so it was such you. a pleasure to connect with you for sure. Thanks for Likewise. having me. Likewise, of course. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.